Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Daily Stripe, the Charity Stripe. Pitch of free throws because they are free. Fisher to Sopless DJ, Nikki Snacks, Criders on his way back from ACL. And we'll see him next show. And in our Horns Up Talking Texas podcast with Quan Cosby. It's recording later today, releasing on Tuesday. But hello to everybody today. Uh, crazy weekend for us as Longhorn fans. Very heartbreaking loss. Um, probably better to lose then to OU than in the, than, than the Big 12 championship when we're you know, both one loss or undefeated, but we'll which get we, into cut. which we got to get there. We got to get, get there. there. There's a whole lot of, there is a lot of football to play. This is only October 9th. Okay. Basketball hasn't even tipped off. We're not even in the championship series of baseball. We're not going to cover basketball today. We're going to get to that probably next week, but we're going to get to baseball. We're going to get to college football, but we must start with a wild NFL Thursday to Sunday. Uh, the Packers and the Raiders kick off tonight on Monday night. We don't anticipate much groundbreaking news uh, to go on there. So we will start with the top five questions thus far from week five. Number in the one NFL, in the, in the NFL, NFL season. Number one yeah. for you, Toss. Mm. Could Brock Purdy or Tyreek Hill be the MVP of the National Football League? Well, currently I am looking at the betonline.ag MVP odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Believe. Get your fifty percent off on your first deposit. Um, we love Bet Online. It's fun to bet there. Bet responsibly. Of course, if you need gambling help, uh, you know definitely look that up. And there are plenty of different outlets and hotlines that you can call that can support with that. But as I was mentioning, I was looking at the Bet Online MVP odds, and uh, Mr. Purdy is sitting at the top of the list. He is plus four hundred. He has the the highest odds or the lowest odds rather to win MVP. He is the crowd favorite um, behind him. Patrick Mahomes at plus 425. Then Tua a at plus 500 Jalen hurts at plus 600 and Josh Allen at plus 700 after the uh, week after week four in the NFL, Josh Allen was at the top of that list. So after losing in Jacksonville in the England game, um, Josh Allen has now moved to the fifth, spot on that list and as i mentioned it's brock purdy patrick mahomes to attack of jalen hurts and josh allen um herbert is, is follows those guys he was on by tyree kill is out of the top 10 he's plus 6600 so i think right now it is a it's a pipe dream to believe that tyree kill is going to win the nfl mvp as long as Tua stays healthy if they retain their success as a team and Tua got injured for whatever reason, and Tyree and Hill put up 2,000 yards, and he had 12 to 15 touchdowns. 2,000 yards. Then, I know it won't be him, but, like, come on. He's transformed that team. I know Tua's been great. I know McDaniel's an awesome coach, and he always puts his guys in the best positions. But it's if Tyree Hill doesn't go for 120 yards and a bomb of a catch, then that's an anomaly at this point. 
Like we still see weeks where Josh Allen, like Josh Allen was good in the London game, but he turned the ball over again. Patrick Mahomes has been great, but I think he has some receiver issues. And, you know, two weeks ago against the Jets, he had a really bad game. Tua turns the ball over a little bit as well, but he by and large has been pitching pretty well. And then obviously Purdy, who's the favorite, which is honestly, it's just pretty crazy to me. I'm glad he's getting that respect he deserves. He's thrown not an turned, inter- had thrown an interception. No, he's he he's been immaculate borderline. But I think to me the biggest game changer on their team, like you have to Tyreek Hill is a top five game changer to me. Yeah. Quarterback, defensive player, everybody included. Tyreek Hill is a top five game changer in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, it's the most valuable player, and the way that the voters go, um, they give extra leverage to the quarterback position. That's how they're always going to vote with that award. Um mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, he's at the top of the list of the Offensive Player of the Year award um, alongside Christian McCaffrey, I would say. But look, I they're not going to change that, right? So I, I'm looking at the award through the lenses of how they vote. And if Purdy is the, at the top of that list, I'm, I'm excited to see that he's there, that it's not just it's an admission from, you know, bet online. And, and I know the same for a lot of sports books out there, although I only bet with bet online. Uh, is that, you know, the the NFL and the NFL media and the voters believe that Brock Purdy right now, if the season ended, would win that award. And it's a tight race. Like like I said, Mahomes 450, Hertz is 500, like Allen's 600. They're right there, but um, he deserves it right now. That team is the best team in football. To me, I watched them dominate a Cowboys team who I think in our power rankings, I know you were – you were being a little bit of a hot takey with it, but we, what would you put us at at three, two, two in the NFC two. After I, it, look, it, it was like all like, it's all marginal. And I, and I took into account that the Eagles had been four and up four and oh, up until that point, And the Cowboys have been three and one, but by and large, the Cowboys, like when they lost to the Cardinals, they were missing their center. They were missing their guard. They're missing a tackle. They're missing three of their five starting offensive linemen and, and Smith and Martin are the best too. So they're missing both of those guys in that Cardinals game. And the Cardinals are a lot better than I think people give them credit for. I know they, the, the Bengals had their coming out party, so we hope, this week in week five against them. But they are a pretty well-coached football team, in my opinion. Uh, and have been playing better defensively than I think people give them credit for. I know the Eagles did beat them. Uh, or sorry, the Niners did beat them. And look, the Niners came out and, and took a defense that had shut a lot of teams down, albeit, again, the Jets, the Giants, and the Patriots, three teams that are struggling mightily offensively. Yeah, but they did bull- their – some bully they, behavior from the Dallas. But they Cowboys did their job. But they did up. their job. Yeah, they did their job. They did exa- and they did their job and more. Right? They the cross sport it in baseball. What do we always say? Like, if you want to make the MLB playoffs, you got to beat, beat the bad teams. You got to beat the bad teams. No, I'm with you. And I think if I were making a power rankings for the NFL, I still wouldn't have the Cowboys out of the top seven. It's it's more of a credit to the 49ers, their head coach, the general manager John Lynch, what he's been able to do. Um, bringing in the personnel, the McCaffrey trade last year, um, going and getting Hargrave in the offseason. Like what this team has put together defensively, offensively is personnel wise the best team in football, and they're executing. And they have a quarterback who is playing at a level we never believed he could get to when we watched uh, him in yeah. college. Still didn't. I, what did I say at the beginning of the year? And I could be wrong. I said, look, the 49ers are going to pay the price for that massive trade for Trey Lance flopping. They gave up so much to get Trey Lance. And it turned out big to be, you know, ironically, it turned out that I really helped the Dolphins. 
who that was their trade partner in the Trey Lance right. deal. They gave up so much to get Trey Lance. By the grace of God, it's it. I really you have to liken it to the Tom Brady situation because the Patriots spent the first overall pick. And I know this is several years later, and Bledsoe had been playing well, but they spent the first overall pick on a guy that they deemed to be a franchise quarterback for another another few years and Drew Bledsoe. And by the grace of God, this guy Tom Brady comes in and look where the Patriots are now. We'll get to them. But they they haven't been able to replace him, not even close, and replace mm. the, the even close to the level of play on the field. And the Niners in a situation where like they may have really struck gold. Like you have Ayuk, who's all of a sudden he was venturing off into bus bus territory at the beginning of last year, second half turning around, now going thousand yards. Right. Going into last night, he was the number one rated wide receiver on PFF, number one. You have Debo Samuel. You've mentioned Christian McCaffrey. Oh, by the way, Kittle had three touchdowns. Like you have Trent Williams, the number one offensive lineman in the league. And Fred Warner should be in defensive player of the year discussions. Absolutely. Um, had a pick, Nick had a pick and a force fumble last night. It was um, just ridiculous. No, I, mean, I, I he think he's dropped into coverage too. And that remember that Brandon cooks, like that bomb that Dak threw. it was a little, it was, a, it wasn't a great pass, but Fred Warner was in the coverage with him. Where, where, where are you on this though? Everyone like is up in arms being like, look at Fred Warner staying with them step for step. He was like five yards behind them. He I was think behind him, but I think that, I think that and I don't think the throw, I think the throw was late. Had the throw been on oh, any, any well-timed throw is in Brandon Cooks' arms and he's taking that up the sideline, maybe for a house call. But more importantly, I think people bringing up that play is he's willing to do that, right? Like the effort level is there every single snap. And that's why mm. Fred Warner um, is one of the best, if not the best linebacker in football. But to get back to uh, the, the, the original question, could Brock Purdy win the MVP? Absolutely, he can win the MVP because I don't see this team slowing down. And again, I just mentioned that this is an this is a quarterback award, the MVP, at least of recent, and he is the best quarterback on the best team right now. And uh, why shouldn't that guy get the MVP? He should, in my yeah. opinion. I, I'm I'm fully with you. Um, and I mentioned Tom Brady, so let's go to I guess the next question. Do you think the calling for Bill Belichick's head is fair? Well, okay. Back-to-back games where he has the two worst margin of loss in his career, right? 30, 35 against the Cowboys, 34 um, against the Saints. What do you think? I mean, you're the Patriots fan. Like, first off, I think we were in our conversation in our group text with our two Boston buddies. We had been playing this game, start bench cut over the last three weeks with Mac Jones, Justin Fields, um, and... And Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson, right? And at the time, Mac had been playing pretty decently. We were acknowledging that the offensive line was okay. The weapons were not great, but he was kind of making do. It looked better than it did last year with Matt Patricia calling plays. And I think after week three, we were start Mac Jones, bench Zach Wilson. No, bench Justin Fields and cut Zach Wilson. But between bench and cut, those were much closer than our start of Mac Jones. Like Mac was clearly ahead of those guys. And two weeks later now, the, the script is completely flipped. It's start Justin Fields. It's bench Zach Wilson and it's cut Mac Jones. And that is not like a hot take or one where we're kind of, we're pressing. We're not like pushing a take here. Like I think Josh, you as a Patriots fan, like this guy's not the answer. He cannot be the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Maybe not. Maybe he can start out the rest of the year and, and you know, you, you get whatever draft pick you get, but not going forward. He's no, you, no, he, you, we've unfortunately, our, our buddy 
Eli Sturbko, the the Saints beat up on them, the Patriots, and I t- was texting with him. He also shared a fantasy team. Uh, shout out to me and him playing DJ Moore in a souped league this week and coming yep. out on top. Um, he said, sorry, he apologized for the ass whooping, and I said, don't apologize. Sadly, you've confirmed that Mac Jones is not the answer for me. And I think the thing with Bill Belichick is when you venture off into territory of coach slash general manager, the two are you're tied to the two. Like it's the Bill O'Brien effect almost in Houston. Like Bill O'Brien was a good coach. I felt in Houston, he was not a great general manager. And that ultimately led to his viewing, um, you know, being viewed as the coach and then ultimately led to his undoing, you know? So are you, I'm, I'm, going to come to the assumption that that you want him to cut his responsibilities as a gm and just he be a won't coach. he won't he won't and you can't so i think i don't think he should be fired like what did chris hogan say when we interviewed him like chris hogan said that those shoes cannot be you're telling me you can fill gronk brady like these are the best to ever play at their position like no crap tom brady was a, the one of the biggest if not the biggest reason we went he's the best quarterback of all time did it with gronk at tight end like edelman we argue was a hall of famer they had so many great defensive studs on that team like high, like i mean you could go down the list mccordy yeah. hightower you know like it, it, there's a million guys like million so much continuity judon hurt or you know young prize rookie christian gonzalez out for the year you know strange is hurt we have injuries in the offensive line bill has done a terrible job uh, retooling the wide receiver group since Tom Brady left. Horrible. Really bad, bad, bad job. Uh, Parker is not, is a patchwork. What you, what you say yesterday, the whole, or maybe it was you regurgitating uh, your beloved Bill Simmons, who also fellow Boston fan, who's saying the whole team wouldn't be claimed on waivers and offense. Probably true. Um, and then Jones is hurt as well at corner. So you yeah, have to bring back JC Jackson. There's injuries on the defensive side of the football. The offense is so bad that even if Bill is a great defensive mind, it doesn't matter. The defense is getting gassed because they're constantly on the field, constantly playing with terrible field position. Um, and Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones, and I know they're boys from college, but they can't they can't tune anything up. He can't get protection. He's making terrible throws these past two games. And we don't have like a wide receiver does a, does not a team make. Clearly, the Vikings are one and four with Justin Jefferson, who's a top five receiver right now. He got banged up last game, but still they're one and four. But we don't have anybody even close to like a wide receiver two, let alone wide receiver one on the roster. Kendrick Bourne's a wide receiver four on the 49ers, wide receiver three, maybe. Like he's a wide receiver four on the Bengals. Like you put him on any team, he's like he's been our number one guy. Juju gone. He's a shell of himself. Uh yeah. Devontae Parker isn't it. And Hunter Henry, you know, is a top 15 tight end, top 10, top 12 tight end, but he's not a top five tight end at that point. The drop off is big. So to me, the offense has been didn't have, didn't have a didn't have a catch yesterday. Goose egg. So the offense hasn't been able to retool. We'll have to see what he does in one more draft and hope he could really make some serious and take it more seriously. I hate to say it like that, but take the retooling of the offense more seriously and not just rely on his defensive prowess and his ability to find people in the draft and get uncut, you know, get gems in the in the late rounds or undrafted guys because you can't you can't live and die by that. So I think there's definitely a restart, like he said, that needs to come. But I also think there has to be some leniency period and understanding that the shoes that were meant to be filled are shack level, gargantuan, impossible to fill. So there has to be – it was amazing that, you know, like we were as good as we were with Cam Newton, who was clearly not an NFL quarterback. He was gone after that. Whereas Mac made his playoffs his rookie year. Last year was really tough sledding. 
You know, he, he was injured. There was a, we had a bad loss against the Bears, and we almost made it. Like, the a, we were going into it, we said the AFC was so tough. So I, I think he still needs some breathing room. But at the same time, like, you're the victim of your own successes, as Chris Hogan said. Yeah, if you're Robert Kraft – well, first off, I want to say, like, they're not going to fire him. Like, no, it's just, it just won't happen. Even if, even if he is getting, quote-unquote, fired, like, the way that it will be done, the way that it will be executed will – be with a level of respect in a way that like it, the headlines will never read bill Belichick is getting fired by the Patriots, right? Like he'll get phased out. That might be the, the wordage. Um, what about like co-coaches next year? This is not something that NFL teams do a lot with, with Gerard Mayo. Like what about bill Belichick, like helping the next guy in line to become a coach, to take over, uh, you know, the next um, regime of the Patriots. I mean, the only thing that's in the back of my mind is that like the Shula record is still in play here. So like, is he going to get it if he stays with the Pats? Like, cause this rebuild could take multiple years. It could, or would you see him going to another place, like stepping down to go chase this record elsewhere? Um, maybe not because he's got two of his sons as coaches on the staff right now. And I feel like at that point, like, they're either going with him or they're getting dropped by the Patriots or, or maybe, maybe they're staying around with Gerard Mayo and staff. I don't know. Um, I, I felt like he's done a poor job with the rest of the coaching staff where like he has needed to make adjustments from a coaching standpoint. And the guys that he keeps bringing in are these like projects where they like were good coordinators and they got an opportunity to be head coaches. And then they kind of, fizzled out right and now they're coming back and it's like this this redemption tour but like we're not alabama from two years ago where like the redemption tour automatically is going to turn into success and then they they turn their coaching careers around and have like a head coaching job in two years like it's not the same regime at this point tom's gone you know like you said the personnel is completely different and what there hasn't been you haven't drafted a, a Pro Bowler since, I mean, Mac, but besides Mac since like 2016, right? Mac doesn't count because he actually shouldn't have been in the Pro Bowl to begin with. Lamar Jackson didn't play. That's the only reason why he got in the Pro Bowl. He was an alternate and then he got put in. Um, I don't know. I just like and Patricia, I think it, Patricia much, then O'Brien, then like, like it's Joe, many, Joe like, Judge. Joe Judge. Like these guys flopped. They flopped. Yeah. They, they flopped as coaches. Yeah. And I, there's, there's too many on the Pats. Then we can move on from them. Yep. There, there's too much talent in the NFL to have the mindset of like, I could win with with whoever because my coaching is that good. You can't do that anymore. There's too much talent. Like even look at the bad teams, like the teams that we deem terrible. Like, all right, the Panthers are 0-5. They stink. They are horrible. There are guys that are playing good football on the Panthers. Like Adam Thielen, by and large, they should trade Adam Thielen. I know they probably won't because he's a safety valve for Bryce Young and he's a key piece to the progression of him as a young quarterback, in my opinion, is why you can't move a guy like that. There are guys playing good football on the Panthers. Like they yeah. still have CJ Henderson. Brian had a sack the other night. Brian, you know, Brian Burns is a Pro Bowl level player. Like there is so much talent, even on the terrible teams. So you can't get by. On like, all right, I'm a great guy. I think they have got – I think the only reason they're 1-4 and four and like been competitive in certain games is because he's a great coach. If you really take a look at this roster objectively, especially without Judon and Christian Gonzalez, it's probably the worst in the league. 
probably the worst per on paper roster in the league, the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely <laughs> like, say just by the fact now with Judon out, like you just mentioned, the Panthers do have Brian Burns, right? Who is a better player than he's the best player out of both those two teams. The Broncos have better players. They're a bad team, but they have better players. They really do. Dude, the Broncos have Sertan. What did you text? Yeah. You texted me yesterday. Yo, nasty. Like he's, he's searched, yeah, Patrick, he's, he's excellent. He's a superb corner, and, and their receivers are better, and their quarterbacks better. Like give Russ all the yeah. crap you want. He's better. No, he's like better. give give like give you know Panthers all the crap. I'd rather have Bryce Young. I'm sure by the end of the year than Mac Jones. And then if you go to the Cardinals, like they lost by like. Jamar Chase had a record day and going into the fourth quarter it was still 24 20. You know, like the Cardinals were still weirdly in that game. Like yep. they, they, like they weren't out of that game. Like, and they had Connor, time. they had Connor go out of that game too, which is a huge, that was a huge blow to them in that second. Yeah. hundred percent. Like Hollywood had a touchdown. Like Dobbs had to have his worst game of the year for them to lose. So yeah. That's where we're at with that. Um, let's keep the train rolling, I, I guess. Yeah, sorry. Go. By the way, you mentioned Marquise Brown. He did have a, a crucial drop at the end of the game, but he did have that touchdown. I want to do a little bit of digging and a little bit of research. Obviously, my spidey senses were tingling when I was watching NFL football on Sunday, looking at like what are the OU players doing after this massive rivalry win. I want to look back at like some of the biggest college football games over the course of the last like 10 years rivalry weeks um but like close tight games and then how that affects like the winners and those alma mater guys on sunday because marquise brown caught a touchdown but cd cd had a bad day but there were a plethora mark andrews had a touchdown like there were a plethora of ou players that had really good games yesterday and i kind of want to do like just a fun yeah hertz was excellent i want to do like a fun little deep dive for myself and i'll do that research i'll come back maybe next week maybe two weeks from now um, make a make a vid make a vid on it like on the yeah, next yeah. rivalry that'd be sick that's a cool one i love that uh, yeah hurts ran hurts had his best running week of the of the week um let's yeah but you're gonna tell me that like if if you were an nfl player and texas won like you wouldn't have been fired up on sunday to go put the pads on and like i'd either be fired up or closetly drunk so <laughs> it depends how you look at it um let's go quickly to a couple more questions two more questions and then we'll jump to yep. college football and then baseball has fields done can he do enough even if the bears have the first overall pick can he do enough for them not to take caleb williams well if he does enough presumably that first overall pick at that point would be the panthers because if he yes. does enough to almost keep his job then you know they probably won't have the first overall pick right they'll have the fifth to like tenth pick um and i think at that point this panthers trade has kind of forced their hand a little bit. Like it was a good trade to make. It was an excellent trade to make because now they're going to end up with two top 10 picks and one might be the first overall pick and the other might be a top five pick. And you could do a ton of different things with that. I think that if you look yourself in the mirror and you're honest with yourself and you look at what Caleb Williams is doing to this USC team that cannot play defense, that yes, has very talented guys on the, on the, you know, on the outside, the wide receivers, they're running back. Um, their offensive line is solid, but not excellent. What he's doing, the fact that this team is still undefeated shows me enough that this guy is a next level talent that you cannot pass up. And I understand, like we were texting about it, and I agree with you that that the haul that you could get, you could put together 
you could you could get multiple players. You could get multiple starting players and maybe then some. You could maybe get three to you could get five starting players out of a trade package for Caleb Williams for another team to go up and take that number one pick. But what yeah, you like, get, but what you get with him changes your franchise in a way that it needs to be changed for the Chicago Bears. Because I've already seen that this guy can win without all the tools. Yeah, like I just. You know, and you have like to pay fields everything. and you have to pay fields. So that's the issue. But right. Cause what, what if going into year four next year? Yeah. 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 So you have to pay him, but like, and then, then, and then your contracts become topsy turvy, but like, what I, can you I, do? I don't think there's any, if they end up with the first overall pick from the Panthers or themselves, I don't think there's any way that they can't take Caleb and, and they trade fields or they, I don't know what they do with them or they, they re-sign them. Then they trade them. I don't know. Like, well, the best case scenario then if you have the Panthers first overall pick and let's say your pick drops, like, I don't, I think, I think the Vikings could pick it up. I think the Broncos could, could out now the bears beat them. Like, I think the Broncos will probably, you know, lose more games. The giants, I come in completely uninspired by ditto with the the Raiders. I, I think the Cardinals who we've complimented will fall off and the Patriots. So I think the Bears can conceivably jump all those teams. Um, but then at that point, you know, you'll have like the eighth or ninth pick of your own. You could try to make that deal with Arizona and get both of their first round picks and have three top 10 picks and then just, you know, go wreak havoc on the defensive side of the football, which is probably not the move, but I would say could be a really great move. But if you have the first overall pick, you take Caleb Williams. And if you are dropped to that nine, 10 spot, that's, you know, you have to operate under the assumption that, Justin Fields had a pretty good finish to the season. And then you have to look around the league, like who's hurting for like, can you trade fields to Atlanta? If I don't know, but I don't know if they're out on Ritter yet. Cause he did all of a sudden like Ritter picks up that game winning drive and they beat the Texans. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you he, know, essentially what you need to happen is they, he needs to have a Danny dimes season of last year. And then instead of resigning him, you trade him. Yeah, a little bit better, but yes, like trade them. Like, I just don't know who to who though. Like, I guess to the Raiders because they fall if the Raiders fall out of the Drake May Caleb Williams sweepstakes, like that might be their best shot unless they want to. Or I could, I mean, I could see the Raiders making the Shador Sanders splash just because, like, that's the most Raider. It would be the most Raiders thing in the history of Raiders. Shador in Vegas. I mean, that'd be fun, honestly. It'd be fun. I don't know if I know how stoked Dion would be. But I don't know who – like the Titans seem content with Tannehill, and I'm sure they'll try their hand with Levis. That could be an interesting play, but I don't love yeah. that for him. But there's teams like that could – I'm sure some team would jump at, if he's really been playing that well, would jump at the opportunity to make that deal. Um, and then now I want to ask you who your top – I put out our top five wide receiver rankings on IG. I'll read it off to you. We kind of discussed it a little bit yesterday um right now i have it as i have it as cheetah one jefferson two digs three chase four aj brown five thoughts comments concerns um i think the top four is correct i'm not certain about the order but I think that those guys are also talented that week in, week out, it's always going to change. I think that five is Devontae Adams. Um, AJ Brown is awesome, but I don't want to dismiss the fact that Jalen Hurts is a threat with his legs. 
and that does something to the middle of the field with the linebacking group. They also have Devonta Smith, who won the Heisman and is a really good wide receiver too, one of the best in the league. And they also have Dallas Goddard, who finally showed us what he can do and how talented he is. He had over 100 yards and a touchdown, first touchdown of the season for him. Uh, congrats to Dallas Goddard fantasy owners. I'm not one of them, but wish I was. So I give a, a little bit of extra credit to Devonte Adams and the fact that he has done it for like six years where he's had over a thousand yards and been top five in receptions and top five in touchdowns every single season. So, mm-hmm. um, and he's still doing it this season with Aiden O'Connell and Jimmy G and a bad offensive line and arrest the rest of the weaponry on the, the Raiders is not great. So yeah, but yeah, I mean like give Diggs the respect that he's deserved. That's like the only thing I'll say, because I, that's what I've been saying. It's what I said to our, our good friend, Adam Lazar white, like, I feel like he is always knocking on the door to that top five at like the six and seven. No one like besmirches him and is like, oh, he's not a top 10 receiver, but the guy just gets open. Mm-hmm. He, he just is such a safety valve and he's the perfect weapon for Josh Allen because he can't be covered by DBs and Josh Allen loves so letting big, it fly. Strong too. Like that, that Dolphins highlight I threw up on our IG of him, like to, no one can bring him down. Um, I, the re- I'm calculating it right now. The reason I throw AJ in there because of the last three games, I mean, he's still wins. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. He's at 433 receiving yards on 24 receptions with two touchdowns in the last three games. That's what I mean. And he as well, like so tough. The probably you said it, you said at the beginning, you're probably the hardest receiver to bring down in the national football league. Yeah. He's such a nightmare to cover. So that's why I wanted to give him a little love. I, but I love Devonta Adams, the biggest admission. And, and then Cooper Cup in two weeks. Like, right. You know, right. Look what he did in, one, in the first game back. He was nobody. Already I, I, I got sad for Puka until he, he started, you know, playing well because nobody gets hey. googly eyes like Matt Stafford did. Nobody falls in love with a target and locks in on them like Matt Stafford does. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, quick thing I, I, if anybody listens to Peter Schrager ever, they probably have heard this already, but he was just saying that, like, McVeigh Stafford when Whitworth was there and cup used to have like a morning, like 5.00 AM they'd get to the facility. They called it like the breakfast club. I guess they would eat breakfast. Maybe, maybe they just drink coffee with each other and they would just like watch film for two hours before anyone else got there in the off season. Schrager was saying that like Puka asked Stafford if he could come to those meetings. And he was like, yeah, of course. So like he's been in on like, the small offensive guru wizardry click that like McVeigh and Stafford and cup have, have had for like, you know, as long as they've been playing together. So I think that people were projecting, this is going to be Robert Woods and Cooper cup. I, I completely agree. It's going to be Nakua and cup. They're going to be successful week in week out Tutu Atwell eight too. He, he got a touchdown as well. Like they've got some weapons on offense. This is a, it's a fun really, team. it's a really good lesson in, not giving up on a player. Like they took Tutu out well in the second round. And for years he was like, we're like, why do they do that? Who is this guy? It's a joke of a pick. Yeah. And now this year he's, he's balling out. Like he's a, he is a really good, a really good wide receiver three. A really got, good. Yeah. He's just got so much speed, right? So he, he just presents a different look for the defense. The last thing I want to say though, on the wide receivers is I was playing against Jamar chase in fantasy. And I texted my buddy. I was like, yeah, he's got one touchdown right now because when he had one touchdown, our projections like looked the same. And I was like, I've got a really bad feeling about this because I know that when you're talking about Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, 
when they have success early in a game, it means that whoever is guarding them, whatever DB or whatever defensive scheme that the other coaches put up against them will not work the whole game. That's how talented all those guys are. I didn't mention Tyree Kill, but obviously he's in that group as DJ well. DJ Moore. DJ, when they get going and you see that they have success early, that's yes. how talented these guys are. They cannot be stopped. And they can end up with three touchdowns, 150 yards, 10 receptions because they're that talented. Nothing like, is better than a first drive touchdown from one of those guys. Yeah. You get a first round. I got a first drive touchdown from I was Keenan Allen, right? Mike Evans, like those two guys, I think I deserve to, to be in the mix yeah. as well. Like I know they're a bit older, but they've been doing it for a long damn time. Like mm-hmm. they're legit. I on the front of fantasy, I had I was go and one leg I had DJ Moore. I pulled away and had a really clean. I had it was the highest scoring team in the league. And another league, I was playing DJ Moore, and I was like, oh. And I had people talk. I'm one in three in that league. People talking crap to me. I had it's a two QB league, and I had the ninth pick at the nine in the wraparound. We went Jamar Chase and Tyree Kill, and then we had Jared Goff as one of our quarterbacks. And Goff has been like, we're talking about these top quarterbacks, these MVP caliber players, and Goff all of a sudden, like he is a he is still in my eyes a very sneaky dark horse, and he's getting rushing touch, and he's getting rushing plus twenty eight hundred on Bet Online. So he yeah, has better odds than Ty, than Tyree Kill. Like I said, mm-hmm. Tyree Kill is plus sixty six hundred. Goff plus twenty three hundred. So there you go. There you go. Pretty you're uh you're looking primed for being the winner of a t shirt bet that we made. I desperately need the Packers to win and beat the Raiders tonight. But the Lions are legit and they definitely are the front runners in this NFC North division. So what 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 was the bet again? I was trying to think uh, of it yesterday. I think we just did Lions Packers wins straight up. <laughs> I love the Lions, bro. I'm so in on them being dope. Um, all right, we uh, you you we we also exchanged. Wow, big weekend for our friendship. We definitely ex- exchanged some text messages on college football front too. Um, give me your top three takeaways from the college football weekend. Um, I think. Well, some of this this weekend had a ton of big games, but it was also a bit of a wait and see weekend because the pack needs to settle itself. Like I have to figure out what's going on with Oregon, Washington, and USC. Um, although I saw what happened with USC. And to me, I just, this is a team that I don't think can win at all. I was praising Caleb Williams, but I just don't think they have enough. Um, and in what, how, how many, is this Lincoln's second year now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you compare the two of Venables and what he's done with OU in his second year versus Lincoln in his second year, like, I'd rather have Venable's team right now. And Dylan Gabriel is a very capable quarterback, a guy that should be right now. If if he'd be in New York for sure, he'd be a, a Heisman finalist in my opinion. Um, so I think that's a, a big takeaway just that OU is in a better standing than USC. Not that we should really be that surprised given the last 10 years of these two teams and, and where they've been in, in college football. Um, I mean, the big 12 is going to be in trouble when Texas and OU leave, like we lost that game to really good football teams to good coaches who were recruiting well. And now they're going to be heading to the sec. So that's like one of my other takeaways that like, mm-hmm. I'm still worried about the big 12 and what's going to happen when Texas and OU leave. Um, although very excited, of course, for the horns. And then, yeah, I mean, a lot of this now is like clearing up because Miami loses Okay, Louisville wins. Now they're like 14th. How legit are they? 
I I kind of Florida State, you know, the 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 season is in their hands. They just have to win out. There's some competitive and scrappy ACC teams. Um but the Michigan Ohio State's going to be a huge 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 game as it always is. Well, the Penn State, Michigan, the, yeah, there's. I saw a graphic. I think everybody, Kyle Umlang, put it out, and it was that Texas has the easiest. Texas and OU have the easiest schedules left, and it'll ultimately be as long as they take care of business. The winner of that in the Big Twelve right. Championship will win. Right now, OU has a seventy-one, according to ESPN, has a seventy-one percent chance to make the College Football Playoff, which is by far the highest ahead of Ohio State. Um, I, I need to see. Thankfully, before we see Ohio State, Michigan, we'll see Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Penn State. So we'll have a more clear cut answer based off that game, how that other game could look. Um, Louisville, weirdly in the mix, but I think you'll get your USC, Oregon, Washington, Oregon play this weekend. So you'll get your answer there. Um, Alabama, thankfully for the Horns, is taking care of business. Georgia, a team we had some questions on, also pretty dominant uh, this weekend against the team. You think think they're going to three-peat? Um, like if you had to pick a winner right now, would you say, okay, that seems like the safest bet is that they three Pete. Just cause I think it's their easiest. I think them getting there is easiest. Weirdly right. similar, similar situation to Oklahoma, but I would say that Oklahoma, even the fact that if Texas wins out and plays Oklahoma, that's a bigger challenge than playing Alabama with Jalen Milrow. I know Milrow's playing better football now. Um, but presumably that's who would win the, the SEC West, and that's who Georgia would be playing. And they're a beatable team. Texas beat them by 10 at home. Yeah, um, in by, the trans, by the transitive property, OU is a better team than Alabama. Right. Right. So they, I, they, I would say, well, they, they are a better team than Alabama. Yeah. I would say that I'm, I'm with you on the OU. Alex Grinch has to go as your USC defensive coordinator. He couldn't get it done on the defensive side of the football with talent at OU, and he can't get it done with talent, by the way. I, I am a very – there's, like, talent on that USC defense. Like, you need to bring in a guy that could run a defense, and he can't. He's a really nice dude, but, like, he's just not it. And Lincoln can't – you can't fill your room with your boys. You know, it's kind of what you were saying at the beginning of our, our show. Bill. Like, Yeah. Can't fill your room with your boys. Um, so we, I think we G- can though, we can, cause it's a podcast and we get to, we get to that. We do that. that we do. Yeah. Um, we'll get next time. We'll do more baseball cause the dust will clear. Um, but I really quickly want to get a, your Rangers. And I will say my three takeaways from the MLB playoffs thus far. Number one, he's proving it, but there may be no player in all of baseball that has more to prove in this playoffs or more at stake in this playoffs than Carlos Correa. Uh, number three all time on the RBI list, uh, which is so impressive. He was not a part of that second Astros championship. It's come out in recent reports that he was one of the whistleblowers within the team to stop this. Um, you never know how to, what to believe though, because we're not there behind closed doors. And he wasn't, again, it wasn't a part of that second world series winning team. Um, he wasn't that other team that got there against the nationals, but he wasn't a part of that second world series winning team. So now he has a lot to, Sorry, against the Braves. So he has a lot to prove, Mm. right? And he has a lot to – or both teams, I guess. Sorry, I'm getting my World Series mixed up. He has a lot to prove with this Twins team who a lot of people counted out, but it's 1-1 heading back to Minnesota after they picked up a win against Framber Valdez, a player with so much playoff experience, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Takeaway number two, if you are a good hitting team – I know we say pitching wins championships, but if you are a great hitting team – and you get those two wild card games. 
to get acclimated and get momentum, the, get the, the momentum. momentum. Ooh. You will see what happens. A la Phillies and Texas Rangers, especially when you're going against a really young, it's still, I guess, a very impressive Orioles team. It's a very young Orioles team. Grayson Rodriguez picked it back up when he came back up to the pros uh, after being sent back down to the minors, but he, he got absolutely dominated by, by the Rangers shelled. And it's like, it, and now it gets to the point with the Rangers. Like look what happens in the playoffs. Like, you don't pitch to the stars. Corey Seager had set a record with five walks, but it didn't matter because Mitch Garver, like the unlikely hero, quote unquote, like, you know, the number two catcher on the team, pretty much like he comes up big with five RBIs. Evan Car- Tavares has been great. Evan Carter has been, you know, stellar to watch. There are so many guys in this Rangers lineup that are unbelievably dangerous. And the guy my Atlanta Braves buddies were basically scared about the Phillies as they should be before game one, because their lineup borderline is just as good. As the Braves, like people like, oh, yeah. like the Braves, obviously Okuni and Olsen were unbelievable. Albies, Riley, Murphy, also sick this year. But if you, and Ozuna had 40 home runs quietly. But if you look at the Phillies in a vacuum, like Turner didn't play well to the second half. There's a top, then, there's a top three World Series odds team at the beginning of the season. That's how good and, they are. And, yeah. I, and same with Harper. Yeah, so we'll get more baseball as the week goes on. But I just wanted to throw some baseball stuff out there and compliment your Rangers. Good it football was, it was my it was my one positive takeaway from the weekend, honestly, was that the Rangers won both games. I lost the Horns game. The Cowboys got smacked. Um, Arsenal did beat Manchester City, so that was... That All was right, get out. <laughs> on, on that note, we'll see you guys next time. Fisher was always an absolute pleasure. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.